Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give to you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who wait their master's return from a wedding, ready to open and ready when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared for an hour you do not expect. The Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food and allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrival finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and to drink and to get drunk, then the servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will but acted in a way deserving of severe beating shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Seems to me that uh, times have changed quite a bit. Uh, when you look back in history and people went to universities and places of higher learning, um, the, the, the greatest degrees were like in philosophy, about knowledge, about knowing, uh, knowing about what we know about. And um, I guess in recent history, that has shifted to uh, things about science, you know, mathematics, computers, um, medicine. 
And if you go to a university now, probably like their philosophy department is probably like the smallest little component, right? So it, what used to be like the most important thing was like knowledge and studying about things and what we know and how we know about things. All that stuff has been kind of relegated to just like technology, really. Uh, engineering and, and various kinds of, of science. And it's kind of sad in a way to, for me to hear that. Um, and it seems like in our world today, people seem to downplay the importance of faith. And people lift up the powers of the intellect and, and reason and science as if that trumps faith or that it's more important uh, than faith. Uh, when you go to universities and you say, well, what are you studying? Probably there are loads and loads of like science classes. And like philosophy, that's like an, an elective that doesn't even matter anymore, right? Uh, or religion, it's like an elective, it doesn't really count for anything. Um, but I, I think it's important that we not lose sight of how important faith is. And we live in this culture now where people are even afraid to express to other people that they are a person of faith. There may be scientists out there who have studied science and are deeply embedded in, in the community of science who believe in God and, and the creation theory, but they're afraid to publicly come out with that. You ever encounter that? You see it all the time. And so science, even scientists who believe in the, the value of science and research and reason um, are afraid sometimes to speak about their faith because then they feel that it will undermine the work that they are doing in the scientific field. I see this also in, in psychology, like a lot of psychologists are afraid to self-identify as a Christian uh, psychologist. Uh, and the fear is that they will be somehow less than the, than the others who are solely doing things out of reason and science. And maybe even in, the, in, your, in your public life or social life, uh, there are people that maybe are afraid to speak about uh, their faith. I think it's important to realize that our faith is something that is well-founded. It's not that we just believe in, in something that's not well-founded. Our, our faith is well-founded. Uh, there is historical evidence for Jesus having been a real person and his disciples. And every one of his disciples except for one was martyred, murdered, put to death because of their faith. And at any moment they could have gotten away scot-free if they had simply denounced Jesus. But they refused to do so. They gladly died proclaiming Jesus' death and resurrection. And so that is the one of the really uh, groundwork to our, our faith is that it's not a, a, some sort of story that was made up, but there were eyewitnesses to Jesus' life. And the credibility of these eyewitnesses is, is proven in their willingness to suffer for the truth, to suffer for, the, for what they believed. And for them, I suppose you could say it wasn't faith because they witnessed it firsthand. You know, Jesus, Jesus speaks and says, blessed are those who have not seen and believe. That's all of us. And so there's a lot of great evidence out there for people that have faith. Look at the thousands of stories that you've probably heard about people who have died 
and have encountered the Lord or encountered the Blessed Mother or the saints. There are, I just hear stories all the time about people who have died and have come back and said, hey, death is not the end. There's something on the other side. I even met a, a priest who told me this incredible story. If I go into it now, this homily is going to be way too long. But all of you have probably heard stories about that. So our faith is not without a foundation. And there are lots and lots of uh, resources out there that can strengthen your faith, strengthen your belief. Um, but you have to go out there and find it and dig it up and, and research it. You know, when I became interested in, in photography, I spent hours at the University of YouTube learning about photography. What aperture means, what's, you know, the, uh, what's, what's manual mode, and how to, how to set your camera up, how to do HDR. I just spent all this time researching everything it was about my camera. And I, f I find it surprising that so few people will actually research and study their faith. Or if they're struggling, and maybe say, you know, I'm struggling with my faith. I, I have, I'm finding myself disbelieving that maybe God is real. So, well, what have you read to research that? Nothing. Well, no wonder. And I'll, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of great resources out there. One of my good friends uh, is a Jesuit. I know, right? Um, <laughs> his name is Father Spitzer. And uh, he's, he started a, a, a center in California called the Magis Center, or the, uh, I think of the Magi, the wise men who were very learned, who came seeking Christ. And so he calls it the, the, the Magis Center of faith and reason, because faith and reason are both important in our humanity. It's not that we as people of faith denounce science or say that science you know, has nothing of value. We do recognize that science is wonderful and has brought uh, a lot of progress uh, to humanity, um, but we shouldn't just rely on science without faith to go side by side. St. John Paul II, uh, he said that it is the combination of faith and reason on which the human spirit soars. And so these two things are crucial. Father Spitzer has uh, a number of articles. Um, I think he's written a, a book called Proofs for the Existence of God. And he gives many examples to maybe people who are struggling with faith that they can see some of these uh, very beautiful arguments. And by the way, those people who claim to be scientists, they actually uh, have faith in something else as well. For example, when you get onto an airplane, you have no real understanding whether or not that airplane is going to make it safely, do we? We have the assurance of the airline that they maintain their airplanes. Maybe the mechanic signed off and said, yeah, I, I inspected the engines. Uh, but do we know for sure that they inspected the engines? No, they're acting on faith. They're acting on trust in the mechanics and in the airlines. When your doctor says you have this and you need to take this medication, uh, how many will say, well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what is this medication? How did it come, back, come about? Who made this medicine? And research the ins and outs of the medicine. Most of us don't do that. We simply have faith in our doctor that they know what's, what's best 
So faith is an important uh, part of pretty much everyday life, and we probably wouldn't be able to function well if we didn't trust others. And so we, uh, one of our greatest gifts that we have is our faith in Jesus Christ that gives us strength in our daily life. Jesus, in today's gospel, he says, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And so if you want to know what it is in your life that is truly important to you, uh, you can look at your, at your life and say, what am I spending my money on? And oftentimes, things that we spend our money on most uh, maybe reveals what's most important to you. Uh, a lot of times, maybe people are spending money on their family members, uh, the education for their children, the, the houses that they live in, the vehicles that they use to, to go to work and provide for their families. It shows that their treasure, they treasure their, their family, their, their heart is with their family. But then there are other things that maybe we spend money on that reveals uh, where our heart really is. And sometimes we might need to examine, how do I spend my treasure for the Lord? And people often say that church maybe talks too much about money, but Jesus spoke about money quite often because it reveals our heart. Where our treasure is, there also your heart will be. Uh, one of the great things that um, we could look at is tithing, whether or not we support the Lord, His work through the church, uh, through our tithing. And so I would invite you to think about that. Let's say that the Lord gave you every day $86,400. If the Lord gave that to you every day, but he said, you know what, you have to spend it all today. And tomorrow I'll give you another $86,400. And the day after that, but you can't save it. You can't put it in the bank after the sun goes down. Uh, it all disappears. Uh, what would you spend your money on? It'd be interesting uh, to see, probably a lot of you might say, well, I'd give a lot of it to the poor. You know, if I'm not going to be able to keep it for myself, and I'm going to lose it. At the end of the day, I'm going to give a lot of it uh, maybe to the poor and people who are needy around me. Well, at the end of our life, we won't be able to keep anything that we have stored away for ourselves. Why 86,400 precisely? Uh, well, if you ask Siri how many seconds are there in a day, she'll tell you it's 86,400 seconds in a day. Every day, God gives this gift to you. He gives you 86,400 seconds. And how do we spend our time? And how we spend our time also reveals where our heart is. And so oftentimes people say, I don't have time for prayer, or I don't have time to spend on my faith. And so other things begin to take priority. And so it's important for us to realize where is, where is our heart? Maybe our heart has wandered away from God, who should be our treasure, the pearl of great price. And so every day God gives us time. And that time, you can't bank it. Once those seconds have gone by, uh, you've lost that time forever. And so we can all think about how we spend our time. You know, I, I remember the story. You might find somebody who says, you know, I don't have time for prayer. Well, what do you spend your time doing? Well, I, 
I go to work, I watch TV, I play some video games, I eat dinner. Well, everything that we do, if we're not praying, we're saying that those things are more important than prayer. So the time that I waste watching TV shows, and if I'm not praying like I should, then what I'm really saying is that watching TV is more important than prayer. If I waste a lot of time playing video games, I like World of Tanks, by the way, um, but I fail to do my prayers as a priest, then what am I saying to God? You know, this video game is more important than, than prayer. And so today, I think Jesus calls us to reflect on where is your heart? And we can tell things about our heart by what we spend our money on. They say, put your money where your mouth is. Um, and also what we spend our time on. And so if you want to know whether or not you have been wandering, your heart has wandered from the Lord, examine and see where you spend your money, where you spend your time. Jesus wants to, to give you his heart. The love that he has for us is poured out on the cross. And when you look at the cross, you know, we've clothed him, but he was naked when they crucified him. And he shows us the example that he gives us everything. He gave us all of his time, and he gave us everything when they stripped him and placed him on the cross. And so he, he gives himself completely to you, but he also wants uh, your heart. Uh, he wants you to give your heart to him as well. Because ultimately, this is the greatest good for you. Because when the earth passes away, the treasure that cannot be taken away from you is the treasure that we have stored up in heaven. All of us would do well today to evaluate where our hearts are.